Threadbare, the podcast where I talk to you about the realities of the textile industries. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of my show. Today, I'm very, very excited to introduce you to Chloe Haywood of the Upcycle Cloth Collective community. Uh, Chloe, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about your business? Yes, of course. So, I am Chloe Haywood. <laughs> As of my, my namesake, my brand, Chloe Haywood London, um, I'm based in Somerset. Uh, in England, um, which is confusing because my name is London, <laughs> but that's because um, I started out as a millinery brand and still am a millinery brand, and the USP for making my hats is the fact that I upcycle um, a lot of my elements, and that was 10 years ago when I started up, um, and starting to become interesting for this idea of sustainable fashion. Um, upcycling was a buzzword at the time, but nobody really understood what it meant. Um, and then five years in, it was really starting to kick off. Um, so at that time, I was commuting to London um, and selling my hats there. And then recently, we moved to Somerset, which is amazing place. It's in the Mendip Hills, so we're in the middle of nowhere. It naturally lends itself to a sustainable way of life, which is what we really wanted. Um, you know, we get vegetables from the farm, it's all organic, it's just grown. Um, it's just very easy to live that way. Um, and my business has sort of turned the corner um, in that I now sell and make still upcycling, um, more homeware and fashion accessories such as recently I launched my bangles, um, but my biggest seller at the moment is um, cashmere um, hot water bottle covers. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, they, they're really nice and I, I've got a sort of Do, do you want to show us one, maybe? We'd love to see them. I email the charity and say, I would like to buy 
Yes, I think that's wonderful that your that uh, your supplier is a social enterprise, so that the money that you're spending on resources actually goes to supporting uh, people in need. So that's a fantastic, a really great business model you've got right there. Your supply and your source is, is also socially uh, aware, which is which is awesome. And. Um, so you've, you've had your business a, a long time. Do you ever find that there's a barrier to entry selling to people because you're working with upcycled resources? or uh, and, and do people feel they should be paying less for it because it's an upcycled resource and not something new? Okay, so I asked the question, um, do, do you ever have people say that they feel that your product should be cheaper because you're using upcycled resources? That's a really good question. The pricing aspect is so difficult. I think um, with anything that you're creating, it is hard. It's, especially when you're in the design space, it's really hard to time yourself because you haven't quite worked it out yet. And with my cashmere, you know, people hear cashmere and they think £100, and um, it, for me, it's always been, um, my phrase um, is it that I don't want to yeah, so uh, why can't make anything affordable um, as much as possible. Um, I haven't had anyone well, in fact, the only people that worried about the price was uh, people buying my hats. Um, because, obviously, with a luxury brand, your markup is a lot more than if it's a luxury, sorry, a luxury product, a lot more than if it's a smaller editor. So it's a little easier um, to deal with. But my bottle, um, at the beginning, I had no idea that they would be as popular <laughs> as they are, and I probably did price them a bit too cheap. Um, and then last Christmas, I, I for whatever reason, my own price that I was selling people to for wholesale, and they were marking up to VAT prices to help them out, which was fine for me. I was I was okay. Um, but then I saw that they were selling really well at their prices, and I was thinking, oh my goodness. So I've had to rejig things, and I've, but it's all a dialogue. So I've had to very carefully talk to people and say, this is what's happening. And this year, my year is about hot water bottles. <laughs> That's basically it. That's all I can ever think about. <laughs> through this lockdown period, it's been an absolute gem for me because things have slowed down 
and I've been able to work out a, a manufacturing plan um, to get everything in place and stop the things breaking. They are this week and I feel so much more prepared. Um, but yeah, it is difficult and it's so difficult with writing. Do you sell? So the reason I ask that question is because I've sold products for many, many years. And uh, during that time, pricing was always a big challenge for me. And I speak to so many makers who struggle with it that I've actually got a group on Facebook called Costing and Pricing Your Products that you might want to look at because um, we actually have a conversation there. What's, what's interesting to me is how many maker sellers only include the cost of their raw materials when they work out their pricing. And they just kind of uh, don't look at things like overhead costs, uh, their own time costs, things like that, that they just they're too scared to even look at that because a lot of people say that by the time they've included all of those things, they then can't find customers because all of us who are, who are making anything to do with textiles are ultimately fighting that culture of buying cheap uh, from countries where ultimately products are made by slave labor effectively. So, it's, it's kind of a, a global challenge and it's part of the reason that I've, I've started these groups and these narratives because I think the beginning of the change is, is to change the dialogue. So, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. I find it very interesting that you say you, you didn't see the hot water bottles coming. <laughs> the reason why I made this was because I had some leftover bits from making convenience. Um, which is selling very well, um, and yeah, I can't bear weight. <laughs> if I put any of my offcuts, I keep because they will be used for something else. So I've got a stack of, of um, offcuts from making these to make Christmas decorations. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I use that's, everything. That's um, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in my mind. I think you're doing a great job. I think you're doing a great job. Do you ever sell the beanies with the hot water bottles? Ah, that's a good idea. No, I haven't. I haven't done that. That's a really nice idea. Thank you very much. Make a matching set. <laughs> what I have done, though, is um, to have extra covers, which is a And yeah, what's funny is how you, you make something and you don't think it's special. Yes. But if, it, if we knew, yes. <laughs> we'd be millionaires, I suppose. Yes. 
I, I, what I love about it is that you're talking to a, a need. You're responding to a need in the market instead of just saying, okay, I'm a millionaire, I'm going to make hats, and that's all I'm ever going to make. You're listening to your market, asking them what they need, and then making that. I think especially at the moment, that's how businesses are going to survive and thrive. So what's your favorite part of working with Upcycle Textiles? It's fabulous. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And I hear you saying that you use Instagram for market research. Uh, is Instagram working for you for sales also? Business, 
knowing if you are talking to that person on social media. So a lot yeah. of the time, social media managers and whatnot. But I, for me, I found it really good recently through this lockdown period, especially for me. It's been a different way of working. Um, before you posted something at certain times, was that when they were having a glass of wine? now we don't have that so it's like um you're not sure where anyone is <laughs> so you just have to go with the flow but you do find that you're just constantly looking at your phone all the time oh i've got to be going again <laughs> <laughs> i find it very very interesting that you framed lockdown as an opportunity for yourself I've spoken to a lot of people who've complained about the lockdown quite bitterly. And it's very interesting to hear you saying that you've enjoyed the fact that it's allowed you to slow up down a bit and just think things through better. Yes, and I think that, um, I mean, it's a worrying time because we still don't know. One child is back at school, two are not. And then we've got summer holidays. Uh, husband's out of work, he's freelance as well. And um, you've got to find, well, I think I'm always lost um, because there is always something out there that you can use. For me, yes, I'm homeschooling in the morning, um, but I do get the afternoon in the workshop. Um, and I've got a bit of time, but it has definitely, like you said, it's just slowing down And I feel that a lot of the people that I work with, they've also slowed down. There's no pressure, um, and we can, we can do it when everyone's ready. And there's an understanding that people have children. Um, it's always an embarrassment that, oh, I've got to go and pick up the kids, you know, and how will they react? which is an awful thing to say, but the reality is people have their children at home whilst they're working and you've got to educate them and get on with doing all the other things like the washing up and <laughs> running a house. Yes. Um, I would say it was probably as busy, but we don't have to get into the car to do anything. It's all here. But we are lucky that we do have fantastic garden outside for lunch and we can go on a bike ride and hardly see anybody down the back road so that is great um, so it, yeah it, it can't go on forever like this um, for people's mental health and the world would stop turning if we all stopped and we've just got to be more sensitive to what's going on around us lately. I think it can only help, if we're doing business and sustainability, it can only help us. I know it sounds really crass to say that, but people are really thinking about the basics now. Yes. You know, even thinking like what a friend of mine really liked doing workouts in the gym, she didn't have any dumbbells at home, and then she saw um, a Zoom class that she Part in, and it was using a car battery to do weights, and it's yes. just 
thinking about things in a different way and I loved it. I really yes. loved that idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe there's an idea for another product there. You can make fabric lined dumb, dumbbells for people who work out at home. <laughs> yes. Little sandbags. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Chloe, how long have you been a member of the Upcycle Class Collective? three years yeah that's quite long in the history of the group because we've only been around four or five. Oh, okay yeah so so you've oh, seen it oh yay yay so you've seen it grow and develop yes yeah it's really good yeah yeah thank you so much for weathering all of that with with us i appreciate it so much so i see we're coming near the end of our time um where can we find you on the social networks? And would you like to say just a few words in closing? Yeah, so, um, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight to talk to you. It's so nice to see a face. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. <laughs> Other than my family, which are lovely. But, um, so you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, if you search Chloe Hayward London, you'll find me on the network. And then my website is simply uh, chloehaywardlondon.com. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Some of you have asked me to talk about Patreon a little bit more. Uh, there's a lot of confusion about it. It's a new platform and uh, uh, it's taking people a, a little bit of time to wrap their heads around exactly how it works. So I thought I'd talk about Patreon today because I know that a lot of you are making and selling things and, and creating uh, beautiful content and that you you might actually have a use for Patreon if you can just understand a little bit better how it works. So I'm first going to give you a broad overview uh, about Patreon as a platform uh, and how it's set up and then I will come back and explain to you how I have set it up and uh, to, to use it to create revenue and how you can possibly um, join uh, if you would like to learn more from me. So Patreon in general uh, was created by a bunch of makers who and creators who realized that there was a gap in the market for to connect uh, creators with their fans directly. Um, up until recently with Google and the internet uh, most makers and creators relied on managers and middlemen and um, kind of labels and brands to help them get their content out there, particularly in the music industry. 
and um, they, very often artists and makers didn't really benefit from their hard work. Very often it, it would be these corporate structures that would uh, siphon most of the profits out of their efforts while the the artists themselves um, found found themselves uh, with lean pickings. So Patreon allows artists and creators to connect directly with fans, which is absolutely amazing. So now instead of having to deal through all these middlemen, artists can go directly to their fans and connect, connect directly with their fan bases to deliver content and receive feedback directly from those fans. You know, it's wonderful to be able to talk to fans in real time find out what they want. Uh, tell them that you love them. So uh, Patreon arrived to be that platform for makers and creators out there. So essentially what you do is you uh, visit Patreon, www.patreon.com and you uh, sign up. You create a profile for yourself there. Uh, by signing up, you connect your email address to it so that you can uh, receive emails from them uh, and so that you can receive emails from the artists and creators that you support. So if you set everything up right at the start, it is all automated and then from there it's really, really easy to operate everything else. The other thing you need to set up right at the start is uh, your PayPal account. You connect your PayPal account to Patreon and this is also something that you do once only. And this allows payments to happen in an automated way. Um, once, once you set up your PayPal accounts, the payments happen once a month at the beginning of the month and they're automated and then as soon as you opt out, the payments stop. So uh, it's real-time opt-in, opt-out. There's no kind of delays, 30-day delays or anything like that. As soon as you opt-out, it's finished. So if you decide to uh, support an artist or a creator on Patreon and you decide after a time that you can no longer afford it or that you are no longer really receiving the value you'd hope to, then you just hit the opt-out button and straight away you can unsubscribe from that particular feed and uh, your payment will no longer go off uh, for that um, creator. So it's all real-time, opt-in, opt-out. You have the option to opt-out at any time so you don't get locked into any complicated contracts or anything. It's all very much in real-time, immediate, uh, where you are now. Uh, if you like it now, you use it now. If you don't, you ditch it. So um, it's all really comfortable to use and safe to use. Uh, you don't need to worry about getting locked into anything sinister um, through the platform. So from a um, supporter's point of view, I have a few artists that I support on Patreon. Um, my favorite is Amanda Palmer. Uh, she got me turned on to Patreon in the first place. Um, she speaks about Patreon quite a lot and and I followed her to Patreon after seeing her at a concert and when I, I saw what it's done for her I realized that this really is something I could possibly use for myself because I have a very niche following 
it works really well for for makers and creators who are doing something niche uh, to create directly with their fans. So I've learned a lot about Patreon and how to use it from Amanda Palmer and I also just love what she stands for and and her personal power to just stand up for what she believes in and say listen this is what I believe in and and if you believe in it too you can follow me. So uh, I recommend you go and take a look at her her Patreon page, you'll learn a lot about how you can use Patreon from the modeling that she has set up for all of us there to follow. Then I've also got a few um, friends that I support on Patreon, people who I've coached and taught how to set up their own Patreon page and then in the setting up process I go along and I, I add a couple of dollars to their, their efforts um, because I can spare it, because I I can support them, because I love them a lot and I'd like to see them succeed. And also just so that they can see that all their switches are working when they first set it up. I remember how excited I was when I first set up my Patreon page and the first payments came through to actually see that all those switches that I'd waded my way through in the Merc were actually working and all set up the way they were supposed to be. So those are some of the people I support on Patreon. Uh, My Modern Met is another favorite that I subscribe to. So uh, subscribe to a few people on Patreon uh, and support them and see what they're doing. It's a great way to learn how to set up uh, your own Patreon page. Then uh, with my own personal Patreon group, there has been some... um, can I say, misinformation that is being disseminated through the Facebook groups about my personal Patreon group and how it works. Um, It's amazing how quickly the haters will arrive along with the fans. Um, And I have some rather ardent haters who are telling people that I am stealing money from people and that my Patreon group is just a get-rich quick scheme. If you visit my Patreon page right now at uh, www.patreon.com backslash die and prince that's d-y-e-a-n-d-p-r-i-n-t-s you will see that right now I am only netting a, a total revenue of 450 odd dollars from Patreon. So I'm I'm not sure um, how you're becoming an overnight millionaire on $450 a month. I certainly am not. Uh, however, I am here to explain to you how that $450 is extremely meaningful to me. As a, a maker seller all of my adult life, I have lived mostly from feast to famine. My work has normally been seasonal. Um, so while it is in a in a good season, I make hay and I make money, and then in the winter times I don't. So I've I've lived most of my adult life through those seasons, and and it's been quite difficult uh, to make enough in the summer season to support me through the winter season. So that now that I have found Patreon, I am super thankful because it means that for the first time in my life, I am coming close to experiencing what it feels like to receive a monthly salary for work done. 
And this is actually quite an amazing place to be. I've, I've only ever been in the employment stream for very short periods of time in my life. So it is very, very novel for me to know that there's 450 odd dollars coming in that I can rely on in a predictable way to pay some bills. Uh, it gives me a whole lot of peace of mind. And for those of you who are living on more th money than that, you're probably laughing at me right now. But um, in South Africa, it is not easy to make money as a crafter. And um, yeah, it seems that the international market expects informa good information for free out there. So um, in spite of all the reading I've done t that says, create yourself this online learning channel, people will just come and buy it. I have had a very, very different experience in the textile industry where um, I've been named and shamed into silence by people who believe that all information on the internet should um, be for free. I'd actually be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so if you have some thoughts on, on whether inf all information should be free or not and why, I really would love to hear from you. So um, if you find me on Facebook on the Threadbare group, I would love to start a discussion there on your thoughts. How do you feel about information out there? Do you feel it should all be available for free? And if so, how are the people who create quality information supposed to make money from what they do and supposed to create sustainable lives that they can look after their families, buy some food and pay some bills? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that conversation. So find the group Threadbare on Facebook and come and share your thoughts there. I would love to hear from you. One of the things that people struggle to understand is, is how to set up their tiers uh, when setting up their Patreon accounts. So um, it's taken me a while to set mine up and every once in a while I tinker with them. I've changed them quite a couple of times uh, just to, uh, in, in response to things that have changed, uh, uh, my assumptions about what people wanted were were different and and you've always got to run it for a bit to find out what people really want um, so so set up something that makes sense to you test it and then don't be afraid to change it if your patrons come back to you and say they'd prefer something else um, and also don't be afraid to do that in the early days you know uh, when you've only got a very very small group of patrons on the group then it gives you time actually to tinker with those kinds of things and figure out uh, what they want what they need how it's going to work so for example when I first set up patreon I assumed that people would want more value for their money so I was sending daily emails and eventually my patrons came back to me and said please you're exhausting us we have email fatigue can we only hear from you once a week so um, that was a case of, of me wanting to go out there and, and deliver extra value that n really people didn't want. There was no expectation for it. Uh, I forgot that a lot of people are just saturated with information and that maybe a daily email would be too much uh, more value than they want. 
So I was quite relieved when they came back and said we don't want daily emails because it meant I didn't have to go in and do a daily Patreon uh, post and um, suddenly everything changed. So, so set it up the way you think your patrons will want it set up and then ask them if it is what they really want along the way and don't be afraid to change it. So I have tiers starting all the way from $1 all the way up to $500 uh, and they all do different things. So I have a Facebook group with more than 55,000 members in it and some of them want to thank me for the, the work I do into the community. So they come and they join Patreon in order to support me with a small crowdfund and um, I, I start the opportunity at a dollar so that even people in the group who are on a very, very tight budget can still feel like they're contributing, can still feel like they're participating and can still feel like they're showing me some personal love for the energy that I invest in the community because uh, $1 from a lot of people can add up over time to a significant amount for me. So I've made the $1 option open and for a dollar people get a weekly email from me that includes some sort of a tutorial or, and information to teach you about textiles in some way. Normally it's a dyeing or a printing tutorial or maybe some information about how to price your products. Uh, there's always something interesting and new to learn in those emails. So you get some value for your dollar that you spend. Then on the $5 tier, my patrons receive uh, my patterns and designs to download. Each month they receive a pattern or design uh, that is one of my own original designs that in a format a JPEG that they can download and use for embroideries and other artworks. So um, those are my patterns. You can have those on the $5 tier. Uh, then patrons on the $15, $25 and $50 tiers and $100 tiers receive um, my online courses. So there are online courses at different price points and uh, patrons at those different price points receive an online course each month at that price point. Then my $100 patrons receive a small bundle of fabric from me each month that I send with DHL and part of the, the, the $100 price actually is $56 that goes to DHL shipping. Uh, this has proven to be the only and most reliable way of getting packages to international customers from South Africa. So um, we incur that extra cost to make sure that you receive my precious hand printed fabrics that I've poured energy and love into printing. Uh, and so more than half of that $100 price is actually a shipping cost with DHL. Then the rest of that price is made up in fabric value. You get some of my personal hand printed fabrics for your own personal use. Then my $500 patrons receive one of my hand-carved lino stamps every month. This price includes the design rights to print my pattern on any of your own products as many times as you would like. So that $500 includes the stamp 
and the reproduction rights for that design. So when you buy it, you buy it outright from me. I don't use that design ever again for anything. And you have that design to use for your exclusive purposes from then on out for the $500. So as you can see, my, my tiers exist to um, support different fans in different ways. Some fans just want to hear from me occasionally. Some fans want my stuff. And uh, I've made all of the stuff available to you in different ways. And you can decide at which tier you would like to engage. You can decide what budget you have to play with. And you can decide what benefits you would like to receive from me. So I hope this explains uh, how it is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, you give me something, I give you something. It's a fair value exchange. It is not a charity. It is it is uh, not a GoFundMe. It's a it's a benefits program where you get some benefits for the benefit that you invest in me. So I hope this has helped you to understand how I've set it up and to maybe give you some ideas how you can set up your own Patreon page. Uh, if you have any questions, I'm here to answer them. Please find the thread bear group on. Facebook and come and ask your questions there so that we can get a conversation going around this podcast and I will answer your questions about how to set up your Patreon feed. If you want me to help you and coach you, let me know. I'm quite happy to help you set it up. So uh, come and ask me on Threadbare and uh, we can get you set up on Patreon too so that we can have all of the makers and sellers that we know using Patreon so that we don't have to explain it from scratch for everybody um, and people can sign up and begin to use it in a in a more known and and well-known way so thank you for signing up on patreon i look forward to seeing you there would really like to put together a show that you enjoy listening to so if you would send me your questions I would like to answer them for you. I have created a Facebook community called Thread Bear, a group by the same name as this podcast where you can join and get in touch and ask your questions that you would like to hear on this show there. It also means that you can connect with other members of the community who are also listening to my show and enjoying it. I'm sure if you're enjoying it and they're enjoying it, that between you guys, you've got something to talk about. So in this way, I'm adding some added value for the network. Go and look for our Facebook group, Threadbare, and join the conversation there. It's a, a group for everybody who's enjoying this podcast and interested in similar things. So that's Threadbare on Facebook. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you're looking for me on the social networks, you'll find me all over the place at Die and Prince.
That's D-Y-E-A-N-D-P-R-I-N-T-S. On YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Find me at Diane Prince. I'd really love to hear from you.